Greetings and salutations, you kinky fucks. Welcome back for episode 104 of Kinks with Kiki. Gonna jump right into it. S&M, aka Song and Mood, for this week is going to be Evergreen by Omar Apollo. Alright, so I chose that song for this week's S&M because one, it is a beautiful song. Uh, Two, I feel like it's one of those songs that a lot of people can identify with. Um, He is a new artist for me. I did not know that this song existed until a few weeks ago. But I I really, really love the song. Like the words mean things and I can identify with those things. Plus, it's just a really beautiful song. So, and it really identifies with my mood. So S&M, aka Song and Mood of the Week, is going to be Evergreen by Omar Apollo. All right, so hope you guys are doing well. Going to jump into Weekly with Kiki. Uh, first of all, I want to say by the time you guys hear this, it will be the day after Christmas. I want to say happy holidays to everyone as we embark on this last week of 2022. This has been an interesting year for me. Um, a lot of, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but nonetheless, it's been an interesting one. Um, you guys have heard some of it in late, like previous episodes so you probably know what I'm talking about when I say my life has gotten interesting and it definitely did a 180 from 2021 but as we you know we get closer to the end of 2022 and we are in officially in the winter season I you know things have been things have been thinking they they honestly have like I told you guys, if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I had an uncle who passed away a few weeks ago and I was tired. Like I, it was a shock. It was an unexpected death. He was young, uh, in his fifties, early fifties, not, you know, like pushing 60 or anything. He had just gotten into his fifties, maybe within like the last year or two. And it was hard because I, I live in New York. You guys know all of my family, except for maybe two cousins, live in the state of North Carolina. So it was that was a tough one because like, and it was brought to my attention, like Lori actually brought it to my attention. Hey girl, <laughs> that she was like, since I've known you, you've had a lot of death in your family. And this is not... A Debbie Downer episode, even though it's talking about Debbie Downer things, um, I promise you. So I will try to brighten the mood in a little bit. But she brought that to my attention and was like, have you realized that you've had a lot of death in your family since you've lived in New York? And I'm like, holy shit. I really sat back and thought about it. I'm like, an uncle died in 2017. My grandmother and uncle died in 2018. I'm just like, 
death and now I have an uncle who died in 2022 these are my mother's family members her mother died two of her brothers have passed and she's oldest and I just want to throw that out there which means that everybody else was younger extremely younger uh one died when he was 49 the other one has now died at like 52 so I needed a break because it was it was a shock on top of me dealing with literally everything that I had personally going on, I needed a break and I haven't recorded, I feel like for like a month now because I just did not want to. I wanted to get my thoughts together. I wanted to feel better and I wanted to be in a better space than I would have been trying to force myself to record when I honestly didn't want to. So I took a hiatus, you know, death in a family is always a shock and it's always unfortunate. And this one was, he was here one minute and he was literally gone the next. So it's been a bit of a a weird space again, on top of everything that I'm actually enduring personally. So that happened. Uh, Since, you know, weekly with Kiki is now basically monthly with Kiki, you guys catching up on my life kind of sort of or what I choose to share anyway uh you guys know I talked about the new job position I got it and I started about a month ago I am still training very nervous but it's going well I guess I could say going swell uh it's just it's a lot um which I knew it would be but it's just me trying to adjust to something that I've never done before versus what I've done for like 14 years so it's a bit of a transition but I adjust very well to change and acclimate uh pretty well so I think I'll be okay it's just I got it I'm excited you know growth in my actual job or office I love that for me because that was one of my intentions when I sought out this particular agency in the first place so I'm gonna pat myself on the back and toot my own horn (laughs) uh Jesus so much has happened in the last 30 days it's insane well at this point how many days has it been since I've released an episode 34 days but I, I talked about on the last episode uh, about how I've been struggling with feeling extremely detached and trying to figure out why I feel so weird and so off. And it was something I told you guys like, oh, I'm going to talk to Teddy about it because I, I can't pinpoint what exactly it is, but when I actually had the chance to sit down and talk, think about it as well as talk to him about it, um, I am having uh, a bit of struggle with the season. Seasonal depression is very real. Uh, it has been quite a struggle for me the last few weeks, and I haven't really felt completely like myself and I haven't really felt like myself in the dynamic with Teddy but there were you know just not me feeling there were things um that were 
not addressed on my part, not his. This, these are things that I actually brought to his attention and I'm telling him and I've said it before, like I can't be a great submissive when I'm not in the headspace too. And there are a lot of factors uh, that after that conversation, why things ended, which is totally okay. Me and Teddy are absolutely fine. We're still friends. He's still one of the most important people in my life. He understood. Um, he had, you know, he has personal things going on in life like I do. And I just knew for me personally, I physically just could not focus on, I would have been a horrible submissive. That's really what it boils down to. I would have been a terrible submissive because my head and my heart isn't in it because I am over here trying to fight and calm my own demons that and that's just not something I would have wanted to bring into our dynamic it would have been extremely toxic and detrimental to not only our dynamic our dynamic but our friendship as well as our relationship so I thought it would be best I brought it to his attention wasn't easy at first um definitely struggle on my end but how I feel now and how I want to feel going forward is something I have to handle alone and I told him the exact same thing like it's something I need to go at alone because it's something I have to tackle something I've also been dealing with for the last three almost four years and there isn't any other options to it so that's where we are and it's fine I'm fine he's fine actually just talked to him earlier things are okay so that's pretty much you know what's been going on with me my my feelings of detachment dealing with uh I am not sick I promise you guys I have the flu and I just cannot get rid of the congestion it's just lingering so if you hear my voice sound a little raspy or if I lose some sound I'm not sick it's just I suck with getting rid of colds the flu never had COVID knock on wood hopefully I never will um but I just my immune system's trash and everything sucks but I'm okay and just trying to get through my feelings of detachment and dealing with the season and how much I hate this time of the year trying to find a therapist honestly trying to find a black therapist that specializes in the things that I need as far as like the reasons for my anxiety and the trauma I've endured I'm also looking for a therapist that is educated in like BDSM and kink and the reason I say that is because I would really like to be able to talk about everything that I've endured over the course of life I had a therapist in Ohio but I moved so and I struggled to find one in North Carolina thanks to COVID but I would really like to find someone who specializes in kink and BDSM because if I go into this session and I'm like 
oh, my ex Dom, or if I say I'm a submissive, like, I'm not going to get these weird eyes looking at me like I don't understand what any of that means. I'd rather have somebody who's aware and educated in the lifestyle. That way, when I say it, like, she'll be like, oh, girl, you know, X, Y, and Z, I get it. So that's what I'm aiming for. And honestly, doing all this thinking is what led to this week's episode. So this week, we are going to talk about mental health in the BDSM and kink lifestyles. So here's the thing, when I was doing my research, and a lot of this episode is from experience and me giving the best advice I can out of that experience. I am by no means a doctor, a therapist, a psychiatrist, or a psychologist on any level. These are just things of being in the lifestyle for almost eight years and experience and how I've handled my mental health and some of the things that I find to be helpful when dealing with mental health issues while you're in the lifestyle. So what really made me think of like doing this episode was, like I said, I sat back and I'm like, I always, you always hear about mental illness being connected to BDSM, which we all know at this point is bullshit. There is nothing wrong with a person who has an alternative sexual lifestyle or non-sexual lifestyle. They are not mentally challenged or mentally ill because they've chosen to participate and be a part of the BDSM lifestyle or the kink community. So... That is what I'm always, always, always finding when it comes to BDSM and mental illness. But you never see anything about handling mental illness while you're in a BDSM dynamic or if you're in the lifestyle or the kink lifestyle entirely. You never see anything about, oh, you guys, you know, because we're human, like, we understand that you like bondage, but we also understand that your anxiety is debilitating. Let's discuss. Never hear that. So, like I said, this isn't going to be a long episode and this is truly based off of a lot of experience, but I'm feeling like hopefully I can help someone by sharing my experiences and sharing like the tools and the best methods, I think, as far as like maneuvering in a lifestyle dynamic when you are struggling with whatever disorder it may be, whether it be anxiety, depression, ADHD, ADD, whatever you are battling with while you're trying to maintain and be as present in your dynamic as possible. So... We all know like DS relationships and that is what I, you know, just got out of. Um, oh God, I feel like it was, it was a few weeks ago. Um, happened over the course of not recording. So it's been a while, um, but there is an exchange of power in these relationships. MS, DS, you know, DDLG, the lifestyle. There's typically an exchange of power that supersedes the bedroom of a relationship. So 
I think of mental health and I think of DS and like having, you know what? Mental health and power exchanges. When I think about it, I think about it from a standpoint of when a submissive, and I'm speaking as a submissive, when a submissive has to endure a depressed dominant and when a dominant has to endure a depressed submissive. And I feel like with doms dealing with, you know, the the side effects of depression, they may feel as if they're losing control of the power exchange or the dynamic whilst on the other side, the submissive may feel like they they have no real sense of direction because they're not being led properly because their dominant may be dealing with depression or some type of mental illness. But I said depression because I know, like I said, I'm dealing what I'm dealing with like seasonally and everything. I, it just, it stands out to me a lot because it is very hard when you are literally trying to keep the energy just to function on a day-to-day basis and then you have to throw in uh, a power exchange it is very exhausting I can't speak for everyone I'm just giving you from like my personal standpoint it's hard because you you're running on such like low fume type like lack of gas in life and trying to be like the best submissive or the best dominant you can it's really tough so I did you know I seen some things where like articles talking about how BDSM can be extremely positive for people who are suffering from mental illness um the practitioners of BDSM tend to be found like a little you know more open to like new experiences they tend to be extroverted very conscientious uh very aware not not as neurotic not as like anxious they tend to be a little bit more comfortable in I guess you can say in themselves and that is a positive but I'm not here to challenge studies or people who are actually qualified and educated in this particular realm but I can definitely ensure that that's not an end-all be-all for everyone because that definitely that doesn't apply to everyone um as somebody who you know is pretty was pretty heavy back into the lifestyle it really didn't do numbers for my anxiety I'm definitely I've always been more open to experiences and things of that nature but as far as looking at it from a mental health standpoint it does not do anything for my anxiety or any seasonal depression that I may be dealing with. It just doesn't help. It actually makes it worse because I am very, this is something I need to handle myself. And in my situation, I won't go into detail about that, but in my situation, it was a lot easier to walk away than to stay. And I don't mean that in like a bad way. I mean, because our dynamic was strictly DS. It was, 
I need to step away from this part of my life so I can nurture and take care of the other parts of my life. This wasn't me, you know, walking away from like a boyfriend or a husband. Like, obviously, I wouldn't walk away from my husband. This would just be something we would have to like get through together. And I would, you know, hope that I would have his support. But it was easier because it was me trying to juggle multiple cups and pour into each cup. And I'm like, I don't have enough to pour in all of these cups. One of the cups has to be removed. And I can't remove sustaining my life in work and taking care of myself. So the thing that had to be removed was the yes. So I can't say that being a person who does practice in the lifestyle, I can't say that practicing is going to make you feel better that's not always the case like I said this is a case by case not everyone's the same I know for me personally it would not have worked however it is something that if you are dealing with self-esteem issues or social anxiety it might be something that kind of gets you out of your shell and helps you see you for you as well as be a little bit more comfortable around other people now one of the negatives that I saw was basically attaching your mental health conditions to BDSM and that that's extremely negative like I'm not gonna say ever and I don't think anyone should ever say this and if you feel this way you don't need to feel that way I am not depressed because I am in BDSM I am not depressed because I am into kink my anxiety does not exist due to me being in both of those things and sometimes the negative of society with BDSM is that it likes to connect Oh, I like impact play or I like humiliation because I have a mental health issue or a mental illness. That's not the case. So that's a negative connotation. And like I told you in the beginning, when I was doing research on articles of how to deal with mental health while being a part of the BDSM lifestyle, I found nothing of the sort. I literally only found mental health illnesses as it connects to BDSM. That is a negative connotation. I am not anxious because I'm into BDSM or I am not like because I like impact play and bondage. That doesn't mean like I'm not depressed because of that. I'm actually very happy and very open. If you guys haven't realized in the last 103 episodes, I'm very open about what I am into and the things that I like and none of them have any effect on my mental health. Again, I can't speak for anyone else. I can only speak for me. So like I said, very quick episode. Um, some of the things I, when I was thinking, I'm like, hmm, in my experience, what are some of the things you can do while dealing with mental health issues or mental illness while in a BDSM dynamic. So I have generalized anxiety disorder. I was diagnosed a very long time ago. I want to say almost 12 years ago. I was on Xanax. 
your girl was on Zans. It was wild. But I was popping them recreationally. Let me just say that. Uh, this is before Zans were trend and 15-year-olds were popping them. I was taking them for anxiety. They were phenomenal for anxiety. And now I can't even get my hands on them anymore because everybody likes to do drugs. That or clonopin, trash. Both were the best anxiety meds for me. Anyway, neither here nor there. So when I was thinking like of my own health conditions and the best alternatives of trying to get through these things while still maintaining your lifestyle, which is something I could not do, but I've dealt with it before while in the lifestyle. And these are some of the ways that have helped me get through it if you are able if you are financially capable if you are comfortable enough definitely seeking therapy my advice again I am not a medical professional let me just say that but my advice would definitely be to seek out a therapist who may specialize in BDSM I just feel like it might make things a lot easier for you and that level of comfort that you get from being able to talk to someone who actually understands where you're coming from when you say you're a submissive or a dom or a little girl, etc. I think that should be one of the first moves. Of course, everybody has to be ready and willing to go to therapy. So if that is something or you're in that space, that is one of the first things I would definitely say do. I do, but I also want to say that everything I'm talking about, of course, life, lifestyles, communities all of this is on a case-by-case basis and definitely should be handled accordingly to your dynamic as well as each other's needs because you can't really understand where a person is like what a person is going through mentally without acknowledging that they're going through something mentally in the first place It's also important to acknowledge each other's needs, even though if you're the person who's handling like or dealing with the mental illness, it is very important to stay aware as hard as it may be, stay aware of your partner's needs as well, because it's very hard to, it's very, and I'm talking from personal experience at this point, it's very hard to acknowledge the other person's needs when your needs are so so required at the moment but my experience is to stay as present as you possibly can because if you are in a dynamic this is a partnership you are not alone in this boat and you can't neglect your partner because of what you're going through my advice there would be as and that doesn't help with the mental health at all but leaving is sometimes better than staying because I'm leaving and it's kind of like you're trying to take that burden away from the person your partner that's in the dynamic with you I just feel like it would make things it made things easier for me not only did I not want to burden Teddy I also 
wanted to figure this out and it was something I knew I needed to do alone, which is why sometimes separating is acknowledging that person's needs because if you know you can't give this person 105% and you can barely give yourself 50 at the moment, sometimes that's necessary because if you give him that 50 or her that 50, where does that leave you in maintaining your lifestyle? And I understand that effort is a two-way street and they pour into you as much as they can while you're still trying to pour into yourself but it's it's hard so that would be you know one of my recommendations sometimes space is needed to to get back to where you need to be in the dynamic the next thing I thought about when it came to maneuvering mental health illness in a BDSM or lifestyle dynamic is to be aware being good in your role in a dynamic honestly is noticing when things are off about your partner and having an open and honest discussion about it like communicating about hey over the course of the last two weeks I've noticed x y and z is everything okay? If not, can you tell me exactly what's going on? So that gives your partner the opportunity to tell you how they're feeling. And it also gives you the opportunity to gain some clarity because you've noticed the change in behavior, but you don't actually have the cause. So being aware when something has changed is probably one of the biggest things when it comes to dealing with someone who has mental health issues and they're in a lifestyle with you in a lifestyle dynamic with you also being aware of consent and boundaries um consent when there is mental health involved to me is acknowledging that this person is going through something and it is completely and strictly individualized as well as respecting that person's boundaries. We know anybody in a relationship with someone, when something isn't right, you want to be the person to help them fix, get back on the correct course, handle. You want to be that person that helps them through it. Sometimes having consent and boundaries is so important because as a dom, you... In this particular situation, you can't demand that a submissive goes to therapy. And I'm not saying that's what happened in my situation. It wasn't. I'm just saying it's not something you can make a task for them. First of all, people have to be ready, willing, and able to go to therapy on their own without being forced as a means of I'm your dom, I'm telling you to do this. It's a level of comfort that has to be there for a person to even prepare to go to therapy. So being aware of consent and boundaries because you can't manipulate someone into getting help or trying, you can't manipulate someone into being a better person. It's, it's just not going to happen because everything that ultimately happens falls strictly on this person and it is 
they're doing and they their will to get better it has to be solely on them and once they get to that point you can absolutely help them thrive as they're getting through it well the next thing I thought of when I was doing these notes is to be mindful it's so important to be mindful of a person and what they're going through because it's hard, especially if it's it's a seasonal thing, if it's a, a consistent thing, it's really hard. Like being mindful um, that you are, you know, you're recognizing like behaviors that might be a little upsetting or far-fetched or undesirable. Um, being mindful not to blame, shun, or condemn that person, knowing what they're going through is extremely important I'll just leave that there (laughs) be supportive I cannot stress that enough support is so needed in the BDSM lifestyle the kink lifestyle but when this person who is going through mental health issues is telling you what they need whether you like it or not be supportive. Me asking for space and wanting to end things. And Ted, like Teddy was extremely supportive. Did he like it? No. Did I like it? Absolutely not. However, I appreciated him not condemning me, not being angry with me, and actually supporting my decision and my reasoning for my decision is extremely important and I think I hope that more people that are in the lifestyle who are enduring someone that is dealing with mental health illness uh, that they are being extremely supportive now I found some things last thing and then I've I'm going to jump into some things that I found on how BDSM can actually help your mental health. The last thing I found, and this is what I actually found. So the only thing that I found (laughs) when I was reading is when you're dealing with mental, mental health illness, it is important to try your best to keep a routine. Now that is in life as well as the lifestyle try your best to if you are a service sub you guys know I did an episode on submissives not too long ago literally the last episode I posted um trying to continue to serve him or her is really important try you know to keep the same sleep cycle trying to remind yourself like you need to eat, you need to rest, you need to sleep. Try to keep as much of your routine as possible. That is not always the easiest thing to do, especially when you battle with depression because I don't think anybody deals with it. They tolerate it as they get through it, but nobody just takes it on like in their hand, like this is what I'm going to deal with. No, tolerate it until it's gone. Um, It's important to try to keep a routine, even though it's really hard, especially if depression plays a factor. So I saw that. I was like, you know what? 
totally fair. Absolutely. I think it is important to try as healthy, even in life, to try to keep a routine while you're dealing with any type of mental illness because it, it grounds you and gives you a sense of purpose. And it still kind of gives you a subtle reminder to let you know that like, oh, I am still actively trying to make this work for me, trying to make this work for my partners. So keeping a routine, absolutely. Last thing. So I was reading up on how BDSM could help because I got so tired of seeing articles that said BDSM is tied to mental illness. Mental illness is the cause of BDSM. I got so different, like so different. I got so freaking tired of reading articles. And these are peer reviewed articles about how they are linked to each other. I just gave up. But I did find an interesting article that talked about how BDSM can oftentimes help mental health. So there is a book that I plan to read. It has been in my Amazon cart for probably eight or nine months now. And the book is called How uh, the Body Keeps the Score. Trauma lives inside us, you know, festering, infiltrating all different types of areas of our lives. By the way, the book is by, I believe his name is Basil van der Kalk. And he is a medical doctor, so I'm assuming he's probably a psychiatrist. But he talks about how trauma can live within the body and macro, not micro, macro, like life shattering, altering, devastating traumas often can sit in the body if we don't heal from them properly, but more so. And my experience with the macro trauma, absolutely, I have to attest to what he's about to, what I'm about to read to you, what he said was that dealing with the macro trauma, we, our sense of control over our lives, our agency, our being is often stripped from us. It's completely snatched, taken without our permission, stolen. These are my words, not his, but he said that with macro traumas, your 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 sense of control is taken from you. And it is. It's completely stolen from you. And you're going through so much you have no real reason. Not real reason. You have no real idea on how to gain your sense of control back. This type of damage can be done to multiple systems of the body. Your immune system. Your nervous system. And... It, it can almost cause anxiety because you're so now easily triggered. It automatically like triggers your fight or flight, like your body's literal response to danger. And it's, it causes you, it's fleeting. It causes you to fleet like because you fight or flight. So fly, fleet, you get what I'm saying. So he talked about how a form of healing can almost be as far as like BDSM because as a a dom you you gain control even a dom and a submissive you gain a sense of control by being in a space that's not only safe but a very controlled environment getting your control back a sense of control back as a dom is because you are controlling the actual narrative and being, you know, in a space of a submissive, 
where control is taken away from them, it's you gain your control back once again by being in a safe space and being able to just release. This person is in control of you. However, you are in control of the situation because you have made it perfectly clear what it is you want, what it is you need, what it is you like out of, whether you're doing a scene, whether you're doing, it doesn't have to be sexual, it could be completely non-sexual, but you ultimately are holding the reins on, yes, he's controlling me, but I have made it clear to him, this is how he needs to control me. So I did find that article and it said that it can, like it helps, it can help trauma survivors, especially in this realm of like, where your control was completely taken from you, sexual uh, trauma survivors, rape survivors, you know, when your control was completely just snatched away from you. The article and the studies show that it actually can help you gain a sense of control back. BDSM also can help with your overall overall well-being. It can help with your confidence, your self-esteem, uh, your sexuality and you know the fear and the shame that a lot of us were taught especially as women especially as black women um a lot of us were taught at such a young age to be embarrassed and ashamed of our sexualities due to what people may think like bdsm is a way of kind of tapping into who you are and kind of getting out of your shell the last thing is i saw it said that kink because bdsm and kink are not alike (laughs) um kink is a great way to improve your mental health as well like i said aside from confidence and you know your sexual confidence and your self-esteem um it's actually having like a kink scene whatever it may be whether it be impact orgasm sensory deprivation overhaul like an overhaul overkill um a good scene can help release like endorphins and like natural like feel good hormones which it does it actually does so That's one of the ways uh, that kink can help as well. It also improves your communication skills tremendously because if you are not in a space of being able to actively communicate, if you're into kink, whether that be whatever you're into, if you can't communicate to a person that you're uncomfortable being tied up, that you're uncomfortable with impact play, you don't need to be in the kink lifestyle at all. So kink definitely can help improve your communication skills and it also can be very good for your mood if you are into scenes. All right, so that is going to wrap this episode up. Uh, I have something I'm not really sure if I'm going to do it or not yet, but when I do, I will make the announcement so you guys will be aware of it. But I do have something that might be in the works uh, with another, uh, this is an actual, I don't consider myself an influencer, but this is an actual influencer um, regarding the lifestyle. So I'm going to do a little bit of reading and research on my end. And when I make my decision, 
I will announce accordingly when I'm actually allowed to. So just keep that in the back of your mind and stay tuned for details. <laughs> this is going to bring episode 104 to a close. You guys can follow me on Instagram, Kinks with Kiki Podcast. I'm actually trying to get 10,000 followers. Hopefully I'll get 10,000 in 2023. We'll see. I'm very close. I think I'm like 600 followers out. So if you know anybody interested in kink, share the wealth, you know. You can follow me on Twitter where things go to die at Kinks with Kiki. Uh, I am on Tumblr, but I don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you have any questions, you can email me kinkswithkiki at gmail.com. Before I go, I think I do actually have emails. Let me just go check. And yes, I was right. I do have an email. So guys, if you want to email me, it doesn't have to be questions. It can be comments, concerns, constructive criticism. That's a lot of fucking C's. Um, your stories. Uh, this person in particular actually emailed me just kind of an idea of like their lifestyle. And if you email me, love, if you doesn't like you don't tell me that you don't want me to share it. I'm typically going to share it unless you specify in particular like this is just for you. Don't share it. You guys already know I don't share names. I keep everybody anonymous because I believe that anonymity is very important. So let's get this started. <laughs> so it says, hi, I am new to your podcast and I just listened to your pet play episode. On weekends, I am a sissy cow. It started two years ago when I asked my wife to lock me in a chastity and cuckold me. She was into it and asked why I wanted to do it. I told her I was into the sissy and humiliation aspects of it. So she locked me up. She lets me out every other day for hygiene and trained me to be her maid. About 13 months ago, she found a steady boyfriend. He said if I was into humiliation, I could be my wife and his sissy cow when he stays on the weekends. I have a fence off area in the basement in a cage to sleep in. I am not to act like a human during these times. I am bred twice a day by my wife's boyfriend and I get unlocked and milked by my, my, my wife once a day on Saturdays and Sundays. I eat out of a trough. I'm hoping I pronounced that correctly. That is filled with cream corn and my wife's boyfriend and my wife and her boyfriend's piss and my cum. There's also a baby monitor set up in the pen so I can hear them fucking. What I would like to say, you are possibly one of my heroes because I, and I think I said this on the episode, I'm not really sure if pet play is for me. But however, I know it is an extremely prominent part of the kink lifestyle which is why it was something I talked about so early on because I've talked to and have met so many people that are heavily into pet play but I want to say I am very happy that you were willing to share this information with me as well as the listeners and I hope that the three of you are being as safe and sound and consent is mutual and I hope that you continue to have fun because it seems like you've actually found 
what you found your footing and your place in the kink community. And it seems like your wife as well as her boyfriend did too. And I love that for all three of you. So thanks for sharing. If you have any great updates, I'd love to share. But for the time being, enjoy. Stay safe. And I love it for all three of you. All right, guys. So that's officially going to bring this episode to a close. I'm tired. Hope you guys have a great holiday season. Merry Christmas to everyone. By the time you hear this, Christmas will officially be over by a day. I hope you guys have a phenomenal, phenomenal new year. And I will see you in 2023. As always, I am your dose of black girl in this kinky ass world. And until next time, good people, peace.